Have you all ever heard of a condition called blind sight? It's a condition that occurs in people who have experienced brain damage in their primary visual cortex and as a result are blind. They can't see at all. But over the years, as researchers have worked with folks who've lost their vision in this way, they've discovered something remarkable. Though these people cannot see, they can see. Researchers began running tests asking blind patients to identify certain shapes, square, triangle, circle, and to their astonishment, though these people couldn't see a thing, they were able to identify the correct shape 80% of the time. Another blind man was asked um, to walk down a hallway filled with all kinds of obstacles without his probing cane. He dodged every single obstacle. Others were able to point out objects on a table. Some were even able to identify the emotions people were feeling based on facial expressions that they could not see. People with blind sight somehow see without seeing. It's an amazing phenomenon. There's another amazing phenomenon, though. I don't know what the name of it is, but I am sure I have it. I do not see without seeing. I see pretty well, but I have this rare disorder where seeing, I do not see. Uh, somehow, it always happens to me that my wife is the one who's able to find the eggs in the fridge um, that ha happen to be exactly where they said she would be. Um, my mom didn't know what the name of it was either, but she would ask me all the time, are you blind? <laughs> For the last several weeks, we've been studying Luke 18. It is a chapter filled with stories of people who could see, but could not see. Several weeks ago, we read the story of the Pharisee in the temple who boasted, God, thank you that I am not like other men. Last week, we met the rich young ruler who said, Lord, all these commandments I have kept since I was a boy. Both were physically healthy, able-bodied men, but come to find out, they were blind. In this morning's passage, we read the story of another man, Bartimaeus, Mark's gospel names him. It's a story of blind sight. It's the story of a blind man who could see. Let's read it together. Luke 18, beginning in verse 35. As Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in the front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is a story of a miraculous healing, one of the most beloved in the Gospels. In fact, this is the final healing miracle in Luke's Gospel. It functions 
almost like the apex of Jesus' healing ministry. But the greatest story, the greatest miracle of this story is not that Jesus gave sight to a blind man. That's really only the exclamation mark on what proves to be the primary miracle of the story, which is, as Philip Ryken put it in his commentary, though he was blind, Bartimaeus could see. That's what makes this story so beloved. This story is an illustration of what Jesus came to do. He entered into the darkness of our sin and misery to open our eyes to the light of the gospel. The story of a blind beggar receiving his sight is the story of true sight. It's meant to help us see the difference between spiritual blindness and spiritual sight. It points us to the gospel out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God has saved us. The Bible has a lot to say about spiritual blindness. The prophets spoke of those who have eyes but could not see. Jesus commended his disciples in the Gospels for understanding what they saw with their eyes. Paul taught us that blindness is the natural state of unbelievers. The devil has blinded their eyes, blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. You may, able, may be able to see the world in multicolor. Sight of a sunset may take your breath away. But if you do not believe in Jesus Christ with the eyes of faith, you are blind. There may be some here this morning who are living in that darkness. You see but do not see. You've heard the gospel many times. You know who Jesus is. You know the stories, but you do not believe it. The Bible says you are blind. Many of you are Christians already. You saw the light many years ago. And yet often we live like the Pharisee and the rich young ruler. Perhaps we're not obviously proud and content in our self-righteousness like they, we, they were, but we find ourselves asking versions of that question, Lord, what must I do to be saved? That condition is a kind of legal blindness. We're suffering a kind of visual decay. We don't see as we ought. The main purpose of this passage is to teach us that faith is true sight. It calls both the blind and the legally blind to open the eyes of their hearts. This story of Bartimaeus shows us that everything that the Pharisee and the rich young ruler and every unbeliever misses with their eyes, this blind man saw clearly through the eyes of faith. Receive your sight, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Those words made you well or healed you, depending on what version you're looking at, don't quite capture the significance of what Jesus says. Jesus certainly meant to communicate that this blind man had been healed from his blindness, but there was more to it. The word isn't merely healed. It's the same word that the New Testament uses repeatedly for 
salvation. The King James puts it more literally, receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. The Reformation slogan that we have come to value so highly is sola fide. True sight is that which sees that we are and can only be saved through faith alone. This morning, we're going to consider the nature and centrality of faith by examining what it was that this blind beggar saw. This will become most apparent as we see how the story of Bartimaeus contrasts so powerfully with the stories of the Pharisee and the rich young ruler. So what does faith see? Well, first, consider that faith sees our condition. In this story, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem by way of the city of Jericho along the road. Aside from the fact that people passed that way, this was not an ideal location for a blind man. Jericho is located in the desert, just north and east, northwest of the Dead Sea. It's a dry, desolate place, a literal road through the desert, not a place for a picnic, much less a blind man. Moreover, it was known to be dangerous. It was on the road to Jericho that the Good Samaritan found that man robbed and beaten. That's where Bartimaeus was. We're already aware of his blindness. For those of us who can see, it's difficult to imagine what it would even be like to be blind. Even for those who are blind from birth, it's an experience hard to describe. Even darkness doesn't quite capture it because they have no concept of light to compare it to. One person described it as just nothingness. How does one live in nothingness? How do you orient yourself to it? How do you make your way through it? How do you survive the perils of making your way from one place to another, let alone on a dangerous desert road lined with cliffs and Robbers lurking around every corner. That's a perilous condition. But then to make matters worse, as we might expect, this blind man was a beggar. He apparently had no family or friends to care for him, have his daily needs met, aside for perhaps someone who walked him out to that spot on the road every day. He certainly had No source of regular income except for the few coins passersby might drop in his jar. I want you to hear again how Luke describes this man. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Can you see him in your mind's eye? Ragged hair, filthy rags for clothes, cracked jar in his hand, his eyes Glossy, heavy, his face etched with lines of perpetual grief and exhaustion. Can you feel that kind of desperation? Now consider the rich young ruler, the Pharisee. Wealthy, upper class men. No physical needs to mention at all, both proud and self-assured, they could never have seen themselves 
in this blind beggar. They could not have identified at all with his condition. And yet, from the Bible's perspective, that is what they are and we are. Jesus said in Revelation 3.17, You say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. We live in a world broken by sin, a desert wasteland filled with grief and pain and turmoil, and we ourselves are sinners in the sight of a holy God deserving far less than coins. We deserve death and hell. And the only way we can escape that condition is through Jesus Christ, but on our own, we are blind to him. On our own, we cannot make our way through the desert to him. We can do nothing but sit here on the road in our filthy rags waiting for death. That's the picture the Bible paints of us. Can you see your condition? Do you know yourself to be a wretch, pitiful, poor, blind, naked? Have you come to one of those moments in your life where the law of God does its work and peels back the layers of your heart to reveal the rags beneath? Has the law ever crushed you into the dust so that you see yourself for who you really are? That's what the law does. That's what the law did or what Jesus was doing with the rich young ruler. Have you kept all the commandments, he asked. He wanted the law to show that man that he was nothing but a blind beggar. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but by grace, he saw his condition. He was no fool. His condition was as clear to him as a blue sky is to you and me. And we know that's the case because of how he responded when Jesus came walking by. That's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? Blind people don't make their way to Jesus. Jesus makes his way to us. Bartimaeus heard the crowd and knew something important was happening. What's going on, he said. Jesus of Nazareth is coming by. What's he say? Well, that's really interesting. I've heard some neat things about that fella. He cries And this isn't just a shout. The word implies urgent distress that reveals deep inner turmoil. Imagine how you would scream if you were drowning alone in the ocean and all of a sudden a boat passed by. That's the image. It is a cry of last resort as if Jesus is his only hope. With all the urgency and desperation he can muster, he cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd says, Be quiet, blind man. But he keeps on going. Son of David, have mercy on me. He's no longer begging for coins, but mercy. This desperate cry for mercy proves he could see his desperate condition. He knew what he needed but didn't deserve. That's mercy. Beloved, the cry for mercy is the heart of faith. 
have mercy on me. Faith is able to see the real condition of our lives. It sees behind all of our wealth and good works and self-assurance to the impoverished wasteland that is our heart. Faith is able to see that apart from receiving what we do not deserve, we are lost. Faith recognizes us for what we are, blind beggars. And out of that urgent distress, as a cry of last resort, faith begs for mercy. There's no pretense. There's no wondering what the crowds might think. Jesus is our only hope in life and in death. So we cry out. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been so beat down by guilt and shame and condemnation and the difficulty of life that the only prayer you can find yourself able to speak is, Lord, have mercy on me. Faith sees the need for mercy. But there's more that faith sees. In this story, we learn that faith sees our helplessness. The story of Bartimaeus reminds us that seeing the helplessness of our condition is just as significant as seeing the condition itself. Bartimaeus is a blind beggar. And when Jesus cries out, he cries out as a blind beggar. What I mean is Bartimaeus recognizes that there's nothing he can do about the situation. He is powerless to do anything about his blindness or his poverty nor does he have anything he can offer Jesus in return for what he can give. He's got a few coins. All Bartimaeus can rely on is mercy. He comes to Jesus with nothing. But remember the rich young ruler. Here is Bartimaeus desperately crying for mercy, but the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Good teacher, what? There's no desperation. He's not looking for mercy. He doesn't think he needs mercy. He was ready to do his part to inherit, to earn eternal life. He was ready to give God all of his good works, to name all the reasons God ought to accept him. And you just want to say, fool, do? What can you do? Open your eyes. He was blind, but he would have laughed in your face if you told him he was helpless. Help me? Helpless? Look at all of my good works. Look at all I've done. I've kept the commandments since I was a boy. He forgot what the scriptures taught. In sin did his mother conceive him. He was stained by sin from the moment of conception and therefore could do no work that was in actuality good in the sight of a holy God. In the sight of God, all of his best works were just as filthy as the rags on Bartimaeus' back. That's why Jesus responded to these men in entirely different ways. What must I do to be saved? Well, if you want to do something about it, You should keep all the commandments perfectly. But notice what Jesus says to Bartimaeus when he cries out for mercy. I love this. What do you want me to do for you? 
Jesus saw the difference between these two men. The rich young ruler wanted to do. The blind man wanted to be done for. That is the key difference between spiritual blindness and true sight. One thinks he can do something about his condition. The other sees how helpless he is and begs Jesus to do the work for him. It's here that we learn something essential about the nature of faith. Jesus says that faith has saved Bartimaeus. Doesn't it seem like faith is some kind of work? Bartimaeus did have to believe to be saved. So in the end, what makes the difference between the good works of the rich young ruler and the faith of the blind man? To help us see this, I want to do a little exercise with you that I sometimes do with our students from time to time. Uh, I know stuff like this makes us uncomfortable because we're Presbyterians and we don't like to move in worship, but uh, I want you to humor me. I need you to take your fist and hold it up in the air. You can hold it right here if you're nervous. That's fine. <laughs> and now just hold your hand out like this. That is faith. That's faith. Thomas Boston was a Reformed theologian and handed to the market of free grace and received remission of sins and God's favor. Faith is no work. Faith is a hand and receive what God freely gives. Receive your sight. There may be no more important word in this passage than that one, receive or recover as it is in the ESV. It could be translated something as simple as look up. Christ didn't call Bartimaeus to do a single thing. It wasn't even about the strength of his faith. It was strong, admittedly, but that is not the point of the story. The point of the story is that this needy, helpless man did nothing at all. The point of this story is the extravagant grace and mercy of Christ who freely gave this man what he so desperately needed but could not attain. His faith wasn't anything. All he did was look. Faith is just the conduit by which Christ gives his gifts. Have you been blind to your condition? If you're beginning to awaken to it, through a true sight of your sin, the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to do anything in order to be forgiven. You don't have to clean up your life enough before God will forgive you. You don't have to do enough good things for God to cleanse you from your sins. You don't even have to promise that you will do better next time, though you will want to. All you have to do is open up the empty hand of faith and receive what God gives. Many of you have done that already. Some of you have been Christians for years, but you're legally blind, and the evidence is obvious. You find yourself all the time a little anxious, a little nervous, wondering if you really have done enough, after all, to be saved. Maybe you don't find yourself saying, what must I do? Maybe sometimes you just find yourself saying, this is what they must do. 
your judgmental attitude about whose standards don't appear to be as high as yours and on your super spiritual level revealed your blindness. But even now, Jesus is standing there saying to you, look up, see again what I have done for you and just receive it. We have learned so far that faith sees our condition and our helplessness. But third and most important, this story shows us that what Bartimaeus could see, what he could see so clearly was the Savior. Who knows how long old Bartimaeus sat outside Jericho hoping for a few coins or a meal. But that day someone stepped into Bartimaeus' wasteland with something far greater than money. And Bartimaeus saw him. With the eyes of his heart, he saw him. So when the crowd says it's Jesus of Nazareth, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. A lot of us are familiar with that title. We've heard it many times before. But it's actually a very rare title. It's Uh, The the second and final time that we will encounter this in the book of Luke, the only other place it appears is in the genealogy in chapter 3 that's preparing us for this moment. Bartimaeus is the only one in the gospel to use this title. Actually, it's not even found in the Old Testament as a messianic title. The words son of David are there repeatedly, but it's not messianic in the Old Testament. This particular title began to be used in the intertestamental period between the first and second, um, the, the Old Testament and New Testament by Jews who knew that someday a king like David was going to come and sit on David's throne and restore all things. And in keeping with Old Testament prophecy, it was believed that this son of David would reign not only as a king, but one who would have the power to heal the sick and set the prisoners free, and even give sight to the blind. When I think about the title, Son of David, I'm reminded of the last part of Tolkien's Return of the King when Aragorn returns for the first time to the houses of healing and begins healing all of those who have been wounded in battle. And as the attendants are watching him, they remember the old prophecy that the hands of the king would be the hands of a healer. I think the Bartimaeus must have imagined something like that all of his life, hearing about the son of David who would come. And when Bartimaeus saw Jesus with the eyes of faith, he saw the glory of a king who could restore his sight. That is what faith is. To believe in Jesus is to behold the glory of Christ and recognize it for what it is. The rich young ruler saw a teacher. Bartimaeus saw a king, a true and better David, the promised Messiah, the one who would fulfill all of God's promises. He saw a savior. The man had never seen a sunrise He had never seen a flower blossom, but in Christ, with the eyes of faith, he saw a glory that far surpassed anything this world has to offer, and he believed it. 
Have you seen the glory of Christ? He has come with the hands of a healer. He has come to save you out of your helpless condition. And the way that he has healed us is the same way that he ultimately healed Bartimaeus. When he stopped that day on the Jericho road to heal Bartimaeus, he was on his way to Jerusalem and the cross. At the cross, the king became a lamb. The hands of the healer became the hands of a beggar. On the cross, Jesus became wretched and poor and blind as he entered into the darkness of death. And there he paid the penalty for all of your sin. And he rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven as King of kings and Lord of lords. And when you believe, Jesus comes and fulfills fills to overflowing the beggar's jar, not with coins, but salvation. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Christ has healed you. He has taken you from filthy rags to robes of righteousness, to spiritual poverty, from spiritual poverty to eternal glory. And he has promised that one day he is going to come in to this desert wasteland again to heal everything to put an end to all suffering, to literally heal the blind, and ultimately to end death itself. So if you see yourself in that blind man, if you know your condition and your helplessness, all you got to do is reach out and take a hold of this salvation with the empty hand of faith. Jesus requires no good work from you. He didn't even ask Bartimaeus for the coins in his jar. He who has no money, come. Come to the waters. It's free. Just look up and see Jesus. That's what Bartimaeus did. And from his heart of mercy, Christ saved Bartimaeus and restored his sight. I wonder what it was like after Bartimaeus received his sight for the first time. Have you ever seen those videos of colorblind people who put on Enchroma glasses for the first time? Enchroma glasses have these special lenses that allow people who are fully colorblind to see the world in color. And if you go and search it on YouTube, you can find videos of people who get to see in color for the first time and their responses are always the same. For a few minutes, they stand in complete shock as they stare around at a blue sky, trees in full bloom. They just take it all in, and then inevitably, celebration breaks out. Can you imagine Bartimaeus seeing for the first time? He stumbles back in awe and takes it all in. And then the faith literally becomes sight as he lays his physical eyes on the Savior. And he erupts in celebration. That's the final thing we learn in this story. When faith sees the Savior, faith erupts in worship. Immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying him. The Pharisee went home condemned. The rich young ruler went home in despair. But when you see Christ with the eyes of faith, it's as if you come to see the world in color for the first time. 
Not only does your helpless condition become clear, but the mercy of Christ comes into full view and outshines all of the darkness of condemnation and guilt. A sure sign of true sight is that when we see the mercy of Christ, we don't go home. We don't go back to the way things were. Once you've seen the glory of Christ, you stick close by and worship. Once you've seen his glory, you want more of his glory. So you stick around and find yourself singing all your days. Amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. But here's the reality. We're all still going to be partially, legally blind our entire life. And there will be times when our love for Christ is anemic, our discipleship shallow. It's kind of like when you see a sunset, after a while it just becomes old hat. The mercy of Christ become old hat. Do you want to renew that celebration? Take it all in. Look Christ full in his wonderful face and remember your life as a beggar and better yet, remember the gospel. Even when you don't have the love for Christ that you would wish, the joy in Christ that you would wish, he is still right there saying, look up. And though for now our joy in Christ will wax and wane someday, just like Bartimaeus, the faith will be sight, and we will behold Christ with our eyes, and we'll worship alongside Bartimaeus forever. I have this theory. Someday, when we're in the new heavens and the new earth, standing around the throne, worshiping the Lord, I don't think Bartimaeus is going to be up front. I think he's going to be way in the back, because he's not going to have any problems seeing from back there. As we close, I want to ask you the question my mom used to ask me. Are you blind? Are you legally blind? Receive your sight and behold the glory of Christ. You are wretched and poor and blind, but Christ has come to save you. Receive with the empty hand of faith what Jesus freely gives and step back and take it all in. Your sins are forgiven. No more guilt. No more condemnation. Just joy. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for what you have done in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you that when we were poor and blind and wretched and naked, you came and saved us from our sins. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to see with the eyes of faith. And Lord, we long for that day when Jesus will come back and the faith will be sight and we will worship you forever. In the meantime, help us to keep looking up and sing Jesus in his name. Amen.